everyone. This is the Disability Dish, episode 10. My name is Janelle Diaz, and I'm an assistant director in disability services. I'm co-hosting with... Hi, everybody. Jody Rachens, director of disability services here at UMass Lowell. And we're so excited to have some guests with us today um, to go over our topic today of holidays and what it's like to identify as a person with a disability and the impacts it has on people with disabilities celebrating the holidays. Um, we are going to have our special guests introduce themselves. I'm going to have everyone have you say your name, your role at the university if you have one, or your profession, your relationship to the word disability if you have one. And, you know, today's discussion is really just our thoughts, our opinions, perspectives, and our experiences. Okay. And then we always say it's a little awkward right in the beginning, figuring out who starts and who talks, and we always shake it out. So it's good. So who, anybody want to go first with our first question today? I can start. Hi. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kira Berry. I am a student, a nursing student at UMass Lowell, and I have a relationship with the word disability. A lot of the people in my family are have a disability, and I myself have ADHD, um, potentially other things, but you don't need to identify as disabled to be disabled. It just is um, based upon current criteria of the word and other things. It's very complex, but I do identify with the word disabled, even if it's kind of a fraught topic for a lot of people. Thank you. Hi, I'm Vanessa Weisbrod. I'm the Director of Education for the Celiac Disease Program at Boston Children's Hospital. And so I work with patient families with a child with celiac disease, which is a disability. Um, that impacts their ability to eat, um, digest, um, their immune system to function properly. And so I work with them on setting up accommodations in schools and lots of other parts of life. Um, I also have celiac disease myself and have a nine-year-old son with celiac disease. So I understand it both from the, the personal perspective as well as uh, my everyday um, working life as well. I can jump in next. Uh, my name is Nicholas Trunfio, and I'm a business administration student at UMass Lowell. And I would say that my relationship uh, with the word disability would be that uh, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease a couple of years ago. Uh, my name is Ainsley. I'm a uh, sophomore student at UMass Lowell. Uh, my relationship with the word disability is that I identify as someone with a disability. I struggle with um, a lot of anxiety, uh, especially socially around um, the holidays. And the faith uh, that you are you are in a way celebrating that you are able to do these days and you're able to come together with other people and um, commemorate the occasion. So the celiac disease community 
it's really interesting during the holidays because, you know, during the, the rest of the year, we have such great laws that allow us to figure out ways for kids with celiac disease to fully participate in school and extracurricular activities and all of the things that they, they want to do um, as, as mostly normally as they can, you know, as long as they're following a gluten-free diet. But because the only treatment for our disease is a gluten-free diet and the food in which we eat becomes extra challenging during the holidays because, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act doesn't always apply, it doesn't apply period to going to grandma's house for, <laughs> for, for dinner. Um, you know, there's there's no rules requiring, you know, Aunt Betty to, to make sure that her famous stuffing is gluten-free or that, you know, the desserts are all made gluten-free. And so it can become a real time of hardship and challenge and emotions for families managing celiac, because if your family isn't really supportive, then you could feel really left out and sad, and it can have a lot of negative energy around the holidays. And so we spend a lot of time, you know, really working with families to, to help them um, find ways that they can feel included in the holidays, because it's probably the most challenging time of year for them. Yeah, I would jump in on that too and say that probably a big relationship between my disability and the holidays would probably be related to food and sort of centered around that same theme. But I think besides that for the holidays, I would agree that um, it's certainly related to the idea of family and just getting to spend time with, with people that you love. Yeah, I also enjoy that part of the holidays, being with family, especially when, you know, I usually have family visiting uh, from New Hampshire, sometimes uh, from Texas. It's really great um, to be with them. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, um, sometimes the holidays can be anxiety provoking for me. Um, usually that is because I'm just with a lot of people. Like if I'm having, you know, Christmas dinner with my family and there's like, 11 people and two dogs, you know, it can be, a, it can be a little bit, um, a little bit overwhelming. Um, I used to struggle with that a lot more, but I found that being um, open with my family about that um, has made it easier. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think what I, what I'm hearing across the board too, is we have this idea that you know, society gives us this idea, right? The commercials give us this idea that the holidays are just magical and wonderful and all of these things. But, you know, we can touch on too that, you know, there's stress involved to live up to that hype or to meet those sort of traditions or to main start new traditions or maintain, you know, social activities and social expectations and norms. And, and as we've talked about in the past, you know, stress in and of itself can can activate nearly every type of disability in a different way, um, you know, and can can activate components of it um, and in and of itself can, you know, be debilitating in some ways. So I think that, you know, that's sort of why we wanted to talk about this today was that there's really wonderful things and there's things about, you know, college students getting to slow down from the school year and those kind of things. But you know, not not always going home for an extended break or kind of being off the kind of routine of how things work and what, you know, what you're expected to do, you know, works really well for everybody. Um, and as Vanessa was saying too, just thinking about, I wrote down sort of, even when people try to do things in good faith effort, but you can't necessarily assume that they know exactly all the rules to make sure they did everything exactly right. So they might've tried to do something that was, so um, we were saying before, Vanessa is actually related to me. And there was a, a time when my mom gave a holiday gift to Vanessa that she bought from the store that she thought was really cool. And then she said, this, these cookies, they're gluten-free or something like that. And then when Vanessa, who knows how to read labels like really closely and really well, was like, this is so sweet. It actually says guilt-free, not gluten-free. Um, <laughs> and it was a really good faith effort from my mom, who shout out to my mom who tried, but you know, the, this is something that the reality is, is like, you can't necessarily trust the good faith effort in this. So yeah. And even <laughs> though we couldn't eat them, it's really appreciated when people <laughs> try. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was not even the end result of having to eat them. It's just, you know, that you felt that they they thought about you and wanted to do something special for you, even though it didn't work out. Truly the epitome of it, it's worth the thought that counts. Yes. <laughs> right. Except that when you really do need to take care of yourself, you need to read the labels because you don't need to get sick over somebody who was making a nice gesture, right? <laughs> so well, That's the other thing is that, you know, regardless of if it's a food allergy or celiac, it doesn't matter if there's a food intolerance. You know, I think that if we all thought about like our, some memories from holidays, most of them are centered around food mm-hmm. and, you know, to have to constantly be asking the questions like, what's in that? How did you make it? Did you wash the pans beforehand? You know, mm-hmm. was, was there flour on the cutting board? It can be really hard and you have to ask it in a way that doesn't make the people who are hosting feel bad too, even though you're just trying to look out for yourself. That makes a lot of sense. I would agree that uh, food-based memories are a big part of the holidays uh, for me growing up, especially. I'm going to jump a little bit because I feel like Vanessa kind of brought us to a good point. But there was a Forbes article that actually discussed the barriers um, for people who identify as um, having a disability and that they feel like sometimes they can be seen as high maintenance um, or like a burden. Um, So, you know, do you believe that the needs of people with disabilities can sometimes come across as high maintenance or is that more so an internal feeling or, you know, kind of both? I would say that when you're asking someone to do something they don't usually do, it, it can come across as high maintenance when it's really just the bare minimum maintenance needed to keep someone safe or to keep everyone enjoying the holidays. It's not any deliberate effort on someone's part to make things more difficult. It's just the bare minimum they need. But if the bare minimum is more than people are used to, unfortunately, it will come across as high maintenance. There's nothing really you can do about it. But see,
see and they don't know how it impacts that person. I have def definitely uh, felt the feeling of being a bit of an inconvenience during the holidays, especially when it comes to holiday shopping um, or Black Friday shopping, going to malls where it's the holidays and everybody in the world is trying to get Christmas presents and stores are packed and it's loud. Uh, I noticed that that can be very overwhelming for me. So um, now I've, uh, my parents are, you know, aware of that. And if they say, oh, hey, do you want to go to the mall? You know, they're aware that at some points I might need to be like, hey, I need to, you know, step out, you know, in uh, the parking lot for like a couple minutes just to calm down because all the noise and all the people can just be very overwhelming for me. Yeah, so it's not just like attending a holiday event, but it's kind of everything that comes with being a part of a holiday celebration, right? So everything, even the shopping. You kind of yeah, segued it for us. Oh, sorry, Ansley, go ahead. I was just going to say yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. you you kind of segued into, the, into it for us that are there holidays, traditions, or events that, you know, you've had to opt out of um, and that you've had to take care of yourself in some capacity, um, you know, and and on the flip side, the positive version of it is like, have you found different ways to kind of create your own traditions or holiday celebrations that can support you? Um, as I mentioned at the start, my family is... Uh, has a lot of people with disabilities, um, mostly uh, mental ones like ADHD and autism and all that fun stuff, which has trickled down to me or to my siblings in one way or another. Um, and that's not even all of them. <laughs> but uh, so it's, I wouldn't, so holiday family parties have been stressful in the past um, until like we all now, most of my siblings are adults and my parents are adults, of course. The only one who's a baby still is my baby sister. She's only a non-adult in the family. So she'll get to experience a family that has learned that, yeah, we need a little bit of space occasionally for holiday things, um, taking a step back from the larger family from my dad's side. Um, my mom's family lives further away, so it's harder to get with them for the holidays. Um, but stuff like that, uh, taking time when needed. My As I got older, my parents especially have trusted me that if I'm not just being uh I'm not just being childish when I'm leaving stuff I'm just going to like take a break from things but my brother who also has ADHD um deals with it a little differently uh he's a little more dopamine deficient than I am so he comes across a little more hyperactive he says that he enjoys the interaction part of a uh, party so he seeks out everyone to talk to whereas occasionally I get overwhelmed and I need to go uh, take a break and hang out with the children who tend to be ironically more low energy than the adults. I think the planning ahead is just the most important thing that you can do. You know, for, for me, I know that Thanksgiving wouldn't be Thanksgiving for me if I couldn't have the stuffing, the mashed potatoes and gravy and dessert. And so I'll typically just always volunteer immediately to be the one to make those things so that I know that I and me and my son can can eat them safely. And, um, you know, I think that volunteering to make those things so that you know that you're going to be happy that with what you've brought on your plate and that you'll feel fulfilled is really important. Um, I also think, you know, just having those conversations in advance with your family members so that they can think about how to include you before it's like the day before is, is really important. You know, I've, I feel lucky that like Jody is part of my family <laughs> and, you know, anytime she has things for her kids or family functions, she's always really thoughtful, um, about making sure that there's gluten-free options for us. And it, and it really does mean a lot, um, you know, but Jody and I always talk about it beforehand <laughs> and, you know, we talk about the places and what she's going to get and we look at labels and make sure that those things are all right. And we do it, you know, weeks before, not hours before to make sure that there, there aren't mistakes. So I think just planning ahead goes a really long way to making sure that you don't have to, to sit out of these traditional um, gatherings. I think planning ahead um, is a really great way to deal with that. I've, uh, 
my parents know that, you know, I don't like to go to malls during this time because they are so busy. Um, and that means that luckily I'm able to buy a lot of my Christmas presents online, um, which is very fortunate because it seems like every year there, you know, the focus is shifting more from uh, you know, Black Friday and being in stores to Cyber Monday and um, online deals, which is really nice. That's something that has actually um, helped me over the years, which uh, which is pretty great. I think going back around to the, the topic of food and planning it ahead, I was thinking when I was just coming up with that question, um, in terms of holidays and traditions, I think a big thing in my family now when it comes to food is, you know, with me having the Crohn's and my grandmother having IBS, sort of the idea of like maybe asking everybody um, who's going to
not be, you know, fully partaking in the religious parts um, of your life. And so it can be a really hard decision for people. You know, they make gluten-free communion wafers, they make gluten-free matzah, but they're not blessed in the same capacity that the ones that contain wheat starch are and are not considered to be, you know, a true replacement. And so for a lot of people, it can be making a decision for themselves or their child between eating something that they know will harm them or fully participating in what their religious organization is telling them to. And so, you know, you can be faced with a lot of, of tough choices there too, that, um, you know, do we harm ourselves and go against what our disability requires um, just to participate? Or do we not participate and feel left out or, you know, look as though we're being rude to our priest or our rabbi? And the irony, and Vanessa, you probably know this data better than I do, but the irony is that most Jews are Eastern European and there's something like 75% of Eastern European Jews like have something GI tract related, which is often resolved by maintaining certain dietary needs. So the irony in that too is sort of like thinking about even the most um, deeply religious uh, people, you know, are, are, are often probably battling certain GI conditions, but they're making like a, a battle choice between the religion and health at a on a daily basis it's like most kosher for passover products are made using potato starch but we in order for matzah to be kosher for passover it must contain wheat it just doesn't make sense yeah i was looking at the trader joe's locker box this morning as i was going to my son's school and was like why can't these be gluten-free these should be gluten-free that's so silly um (laughs) (laughs) kira says yum is true true (laughs) <laughs> yum lock as always they're potatoes and they're deep and they're uh, cooked in oil or however anyone else did that's how i do it it's like mm. salty fried stuff i mean come on <laughs> the real question is sour cream or applesauce both Apple, both <laughs> together <laughs> my mom would agree but i don't like sour cream so i just stick with applesauce <laughs> <laughs> i go back and forth bye 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 <laughs> so there <laughs> So what I've been hearing a lot is kind of doing what works for you, um, trying to plan ahead, and really having a support system that allows you to feel included and allows you to communicate those needs. What are other ways that society, families, friends, loved ones can support people during the holidays that might have differences? And it doesn't have to be your disability either. It can be sort of more general, so that's helpful. I uh, also had a question similar to this because I know a friend who struggles during the holidays because um, historically the holidays have been a time where they were receiving treatment for their disability. And it was very stressful because um, they were struggling so much. And for me, I don't have, you know, a stressful history of the holidays. I, I look forward to the holidays, um, you know, for the most part, and they're a happy time for me. But I was wondering if any of you have any advice on, you know, how to support someone who uh, just, you know, um, has had uh, a bad history that, that time of year. Well, there are different holidays around
general stigma about disabilities. And so that kind of extends to the holidays. It kind of reminds me of this holiday movie, uh, Home for the Holidays. It was just, <laughs> I don't know how many people here are familiar with it. Um, but it just gives, just like when I think about that, I think about how this like, I feel like part of the problems for that movie came from not like the movie itself, like there's problems with the movies. I mean, the problems within the movies for the characters um, was this feeling of things had to go well and then things just don't go well a lot of the time. Um, and there's expectation for oneself and for others and for your family that makes things more difficult than they necessarily need to be. Um, I won't spoil the movie, but one of the characters deals with stigma for who he is as a person, and that affects how the holidays go. But that's a different topic than necessarily disabilities. Um, but just sort of this, how your family's, how the stigma of disabilities can affect how others perceive you can add to the stressors of uh, holidays. And we talked about that Forbes article that talks about high maintenance, that expectation, that stigma, that disabilities and accommodating disabilities would be high maintenance makes it more difficult you have the stigma of yourself like oh me asking for people not to put this thing that would kill me in the food is so high maintenance of me and that stigma and that thing where if, even if you did ask other people would be like why are you asking me for this accommodation why can't you just like be chill and be normal normal quote unquote um and whatever form either accommodations and sort of the food you're served and the environmental needs you have um and just a lot to take into consideration sometimes for some people when it really is just like okay how can i make a fun event for everyone and it's just like the needs follow as such but if you have this expectation how things should go when you deviate from that even if it is in reality it feels like a lot unfairly here the wording of can you have just a little or just be normal is something that our community struggles with so much people say it all the time and you know it's not like they chose to have an autoimmune disease um you know it's it's genetic it was passed down you know for many generations before none of us chose to be this way and chose to be making people's lives difficult and we can't change ourselves. No matter how much I wish that my son and I didn't have celiac disease, there's nothing I can do to change that. And so we really, you know, just have to, to do what we can to, you know, we're also faced with the whole like fad diet place that celebrities have made popular and remind people that we're not that and that this is actually helping us maintain our health so that we can participate normally and we can be healthy and, you know, avoid other complicated health issues. So I think that our new normal is what's going to help us be around for lots more holidays to come. I think that's a great yeah. point about the, I'm oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I think that's a great point about the diets as well. Um, just from the perspective, I think one maybe stigma or perception is that um, during the holidays, people are really interested in asking maybe if they haven't seen you in a while, how you're doing, but maybe also giving like their own suggestions about how they think that you could be doing better. And sometimes that can be maybe unwanted advice. It's <laughs> like if someone says, oh, you have Crohn's, oh, I read that you should have to try this diet. So I think that can be something too, that maybe around the holidays, people can just be a bit more understanding in that regard of like that you're well aware like a lot of the time like of you know your condition and what helps you be better and maybe asking something you know sure asking how they're doing and if you're doing well but maybe also asking you know interests or hobbies that you're up to or just things that aren't necessarily related entirely to your disease as a you know trying to make that you as a person Nicholas, really... how many times have you been asked to be on a have, are you on a, a plant-based diet right I've I've heard that one before yeah <laughs> It's so interesting how the holidays make people these unlicensed, unsolicited medical professionals. It's so interesting how those once a year conversations make people able to diagnose things. <laughs> yes, I, I think also uh, the holidays it can be hard to speak up if you have you know, a disability, you need some sort of accommodation because usually around that time, people are kind of you know, excited about traditions and see family and they're kind of in their own, you know, holiday mood and you don't want to kind of 
uh, kill their vibe, I guess, and cause them any stress being like, oh my God, I have to, you know, make sure this doesn't have gluten in it. I have to, you know, make sure the plates are really clean um, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of um, can agree with that, Ansley, that sometimes like we see the holidays as such like an exciting time and we're all kind of wrapped up in oh like you know Christmas if you celebrate Christmas but for everyone that's not always the experience and I think Kira kind of reminded me of something that ties through all of our podcast episodes too and was our very first episode was sort of like the representation in the media and Ooh, if we really think about holiday movies, I mean, boy, are there so many underrepresented populations um, and, um, you know, and, and disabilities is is very much one of them, right? Because the this like idea of the holiday time is really kind of like white family Christmas has minor problem resolves it in the hour and a half is sort of like the um, you know, the the cisgender couple, you know, and in those kind of things. And so there's a, a lot um, that, you know, so even when representation kind of does find a way to creep in, as it sometimes does in holiday movies and holiday stuff, it's there, it's still kind of like the outlier and the, the tokenizer, right? Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's definitely an interesting one. I, when I, when you said home for the holidays, I started looking up to see if that was literally the, the one that Ali Stroker who uses a wheelchair is in. And it's not the one, I couldn't remember the name of the one movie she's in, but I was like, oh, maybe you're talking about that. And that's the one movie, um, you know, I can think of. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. And also, unfortunately, I think the one movie which disabled people are in a ton, the moon movie genre are horror movies, but not necessarily represented in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's often used as the scary um, bad guys or like um, to further antagonize the victim or as like a source of fear, like you will become disabled. Oh no. Um, right. The disabled community is the only community anyone can join at any time. You are absolutely right. That's a great way to put it. So let's kind of change gears a little bit, kind of. What is your favorite holiday? Um, and does your disability impact this choice? My favorite holiday, my favorite holiday um, is Christmas. And like I said, um, sometimes uh, um, it can be overwhelming, you know, going shopping or going to big crowded holiday parties. What do you like most about Halloween? I'm that was mine. Sorry. What do you most like most about Christmas? Sorry. <laughs> um, I like seeing my family, especially my family that you know. I have a grandmother who lives in Texas, so it's really nice to see her um, once a year and be able to catch up with her. And I'm lucky that I do have a family that I feel is very understanding of some of the accommodations um, I might need because I know that not everybody's family. Um, is that understanding, but um, luckily, fortunately for me, they are, um, which makes the holidays, you know, um, as least painful as, as they could be. All right, Kira, will you Halloween dust? So let's, let's talk, talk it through. Sorry. Sorry about <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> um, well, my favorite holiday is Halloween. If you couldn't have guessed that already, uh, I enjoy it. I like it's it's festive, I feel like, which is not what most people think when think festive, but you put decorations up. It's like a month-long celebration. It's like it's about a vibe. You can go uh different ways about it. You can be uh spooky, uh scary or spoopy, which is a newer term, I believe, about where you're kind of like cutely scary. <laughs> you got a vampire, but it's like the Count Dracula vampire. Um, it's like an cow. avocado with vampire teeth. Yeah, it's that. It's like the the count <laughs> from uh, Sesame Street, sort of scary. It's not really, but it's fun. It fits the aesthetic. Um, I like dressing up. I like the candy, but honestly, candy's not high in the priorities for me for Halloween. Ironically, as much as I said I like the food related things, I like dressing up. I like it's like a month long celebration, sort of, of you know having fun. 
And it's um, the one holiday that you can dress up as the other holidays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to jump back to what Ainsley said, I think for me too, Christmas would be my favorite holiday as well. Just kind of a good reminder of um, just time when everyone maybe can just sit around the tree and, you know, you can just kind of think about what you're thankful for. I think a lot of that's influenced too by, um, you know, it's kind of the one holiday year, I think, where we're the ones with the big Christmas Eve party, at least before COVID, but that should hopefully be coming back this year. So it's always great to sort of be the ones to host it. And I think it ties back to earlier when I said, you know, that idea of maybe having a more collective menu. I think at our house, it's like we try to encourage that if everyone brings one item, there's always hopefully something that everyone will enjoy. And people get to experience something they didn't maybe didn't know that they were going to like. Um, yeah. So I like Christmica, which is not a real holiday, <laughs> but my mom was raised Christian and converted to be Jewish when she married my dad. And so we celebrate Christmica where on for Christmas dinner, we make um, potato latkes and brisket and have a very traditional Hanukkah meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always save if if, Chris, if Hanukkah does not fall during Christmas, we'll save our last Hanukkah gift to open um, on Christmas with my mom so that we still are respecting how she grew up um, and not just completely forgetting it because she converted when she married my dad Um, but it's always just a really lovely time with my family and my mom also has celiac so like all of us are (laughs) gluten-free so everything is just gluten-free that night which is is really lovely it's a universally designed meal (laughs) exactly (laughs) for me it's Thanksgiving um, and probably for the reasons that it is Christmas for others is that Hanukkah has become a larger holiday in the in the undertow of Christmas, I think. Um, and so, um, but Thanksgiving is that, that kind of time to, to join, to join together as a family and to, there are a lot of traditions and, you know, it's been really interesting and neat watching, you know, what, what was the Thanksgiving of my childhood sort of, I don't know, mutate basically as more people have joined and more families have joined and trying to figure out how to, but it does it at, for me as somebody who I have, you know, I have anxiety, particularly about sort of the unknown situations or where there's a lot of moving pieces or there's a lot of, um, you know, information to hold on to and think of and remember. And Thanksgiving can do that, too, because there's kind of a lot to cram in. And, you know, and especially when you have kind of a new version of a family to with expectations, but then old family and those kind of things and managing all of it. But you know, so often I'm like very tired after the Thanksgiving weekend, but I um, am really also try to be as grateful as I can to have as much of that available and joy. Janelle, you get to weigh in. Come on, Janelle. Okay. Um, I would probably say, aside from my birthday, um, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is definitely my favorite. I just really love like wrapping presents. I kind of name myself the ultimate present rapper. Um, and Jody has indulged in some delicious um, coquito that I make with my family. So and good. Friends. Um, so yeah, it just brings me happiness. But with that, we're at our final question. Um, so after this conversation, what's the takeaway that will stick with you if you have one? Um, and or has anything changed about how you feel as a person with a disability or as an ally about disability stigma? So I know it's a lot. So a takeaway. And then has there been any change about how you feel as a person or an ally about disability stigma? I just think remembering to be thoughtful of everyone in your family or friends that you're going to spend time with. And, you know, I think a lot of times we get really focused on our own disability and what we need and just need to remember that um, everyone has needs and everyone has things that makes them happy. And so just remembering to, as much as we think about the things that we need to feel included, how we can also make others feel included and planning as ahead as possible. Planning ahead and advocacy uh, and communicating seems to be a big part of this uh, podcast episode uh, dialogue. And I would agree uh, about a lot of what people said. I thought 
it was interesting seeing how other people dealt with the holidays. Um, we don't all have the same things. We're not all dealing with the same things. But I thought it was nice that we all have similar ways of coping with it, even if it manifests in different ways, because our needs vary, but the underlying themes are the same uh, with, for for dealing with the holidays. And would you say holidays can be stressful for everyone. So this isn't just stuff that is useful for someone with disabilities. Um, someone who's neurotypical may have their own preferences preferences for things and they just need to advocate for themselves and communicate those needs and desires. There's like extroverts and introverts and all that um, going on with people. Not I sure. wanted to say oh, the battle of people. Okay. Uh, I want to say thank you guys for um, you know, letting me know how I can better support my friend who uh, you know, has, you know, the holidays have historically been rough for them. Um, so yeah, I think I will make more of an effort to make them feel more supported um, you know, during this time and spend more time with them uh during uh, other holidays during the year. I was just going to add on to uh, to Kira's point about yeah I think communication was was really the main theme throughout the podcast and and preparation as well for sure and I would say that maybe one of the takeaways that maybe I didn't really think about before that Vanessa brought up was um, being inclusive like with activities and everything especially with like uh, the kids at school I think when I was growing up I didn't have any relationship really with disability yet since you know for me Crohn's was more of a recent development but I think again it's just no matter the stage in life you know just trying to include as many people as possible and make everybody feel included in holiday celebrations is great. Glad to hear that and of course uh, Ainsley I'm so happy to weigh in as much as my opinion is worth anything I'm by no means an expert um, there are several experts here, I think. Um, I'm just a nursing student, so I'm not one of them. Um, but, you know, happy that this help episode was helpful for you, as well as being an ally. It's nice uh, being supportive for other people in your lives and their differing needs. I just appreciate always the human connection that comes out of these conversations. And this is our our 10th episode um, that you all accumulated. So that's been really fun. We debuted this at the beginning of the year. And, you know, just every episode, I'm always just really feel really warm in the heart about like the human connection and that there's there's such a universality um, of, is that the right word? Um, about, you know, about these topics. And so I, I very much appreciate that. Same, thank you all so much. Mm -hmm. This has been an awesome conversation. Yeah, what a great way to end the year. So thank you to all of you. Um, and just a little plug, um, stay tuned. We are working to get this on all major platforms.